first time in the Freak Nation. Surprised when he get his happy ass in here when he's running some arena cross back in the day. You see him all over the coverage with NBC Sports for Supercross. And uh, I asked you, I said, where are you today or this afternoon? You said, I'm in Chicago. But uh, yep. uh, we talked about this earlier. You're, so, but originally, you're from Lodi. When the hell did you get the hell out of Lodi? Are you, do you live in Chicago? What's, what's up? <laughs> I live on airplanes right now, yeah. man. I'm all over the place. I have no, uh, no permanent residence. My wife and kids, they do, of course. They're back in Lodi. But if you want to get a hold of me, just, uh, just look up. I'm in an airplane, usually head somewhere. But isn't that such a breath of fresh air to say that after what we went through last year? It's great to be on airplanes. Yeah, it's good to be back. I mean, in, in, in all ways, you know, especially from the racing side of things, too. It's just, I would say overall, it's been a tough year for everybody, tough times. But just that little bit of normalcy, going back to racing, being in these stadiums, flying around the country. And it, it's starting to feel more normal. It, it's, it's, it's definitely getting back to those days, you know. So I, I think we're getting close. Daniel Blair, of course, coverage for Supercross, Supercross Live with NBC Sports, joining us here in the Freak Nation. A number of the riders that we've had here in the Lucas Oil Studios with us, they talk about how they enjoy this season strictly from a traveling standpoint. When you've got multiple races in the same city, what about you as a dude who covers the sport? You say the same thing? Yeah, it's been pretty neat. You know, when the schedule came out and you saw that we were going to do these like mini residencies, you know, we're in Houston, we're in Indy, we're in Dallas and they knock out three races in a week. I'm thinking, okay, this should be pretty good. That's, that's less flying. That's, you know, you get to settle in in a city and sometimes we go to these places and you're in and out, and, you know, it's just, it flashes by. So to be able to be in Dallas for a week and be able to kind of get around and see some different things, it's, I guess it, it, it adds a layer uh, to the series and, and makes it kind of more fun. In a way, and I know the riders like it too because they just get to race more. You know, race on Saturday, race on Tuesday, race on Saturday. But for me, it, it's been great. You know, you get to settle in in a place for a little bit. It, it is hard in one sense, though. I have a wife and kids at home, so I miss them. FaceTime's cool, but it's not the real thing. So, you, you, you know, you give a little there. But overall, I think it's gone smooth. The racing's been great this season. The riders, are for the most part, staying healthy. We've lost a couple guys at different times. But for the most part, it's been a good one. And I, and I think the schedule's worked out. Daniel Blair is a Supercross announcer for NBC Sports. Daniel, it's kind of strange. We've looked at this, and it seems like at this time of the year, we've had some injuries that have taken down some pretty big-name riders for maybe a whole season. Does this new schedule where the riders stay in one place longer, you think that has anything to do with fewer injuries this year? I don't know. It's actually something I kind of want to look into because, I mean, there's a multiple ways that a rider can get hurt of course one is yeah. on the racetrack when they're racing sometimes it happens at the practice track and you know I, I believe that when a rider's at the practice track they're always pushing and and trying to find just that one tenth you know that that little bit extra sometimes that can be dangerous and so i don't know we're gonna have to look back at the end of the season and see what the real reason was but for the most part we've been pretty healthy this year um fortunately we've lost you know adam cincerello for a couple races chase sexton lost some time zach osborne justin brayton so we've had some guys that have missed races, but for the most part at the top of the championship, at least the big three, you know, Webb, Roxon, and Tomac, they've, they've been able to keep it pretty clean up front. And, um, yeah, so they're going to have to look at, at the end of the season to find out, you know, why this year has been so successful. I mean, the tracks have been, you know, pretty much the same. The competition's been at a high level. So I, I don't really know what it is. Maybe just a little bit of luck, but. You know, it's it's been good. It's kept the racing real good up top. Yes, it really has. And we'll take luck wherever we can take it. Daniel right. Blair joining us here Sunday night in the Speed Freaks pits. 
Cooper Webb pretty much dominated Dallas. Ken Roxon seemed to dominate Indianapolis. Are we, is there a clear champion in your mind now? I know that the point spread, I believe, is only 15 points between Cooper Webb and Ken Roxon. Eli Tomac's knocking on the door as well. But are, is anyone separating themselves enough midway through the season yet in your mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say Cooper Webb. Now, of course, there's going to be some, uh, some var- variables that are going to come into play. You know, the next three races are Atlanta Motor Speedway. There's no roof. And uh, <laughs> April in Georgia, I, I think it rains there a little bit. Then we go to Rice Stadium in Salt Lake City, open roof. So we have five races that still can be affected by weather, which can play a role. Uh, Cooper Webb's really good in the mud, as is Ken Rocks and Andy Light Tomac. But, I, I mean, you're right. First off, Roxon was so on fire in the beginning of the championship, it's looking like he's going to run away with this thing. And once Cooper Webb kind of put a stop to that, he's just found his momentum. And, you know, he's won, what, five, I think, of the last six races. And I just don't know if straight up anybody in this class is going to be able to overcome him mentally. I mean, Dallas uh, on Saturday was just, you know, he, he gets beat up a little bit in the heat race. Roxon passes him, pulls away. Chase Sexton puts him on the ground and, for the first time in a while, Cooper Webb looked vulnerable. He didn't, he didn't look great. He didn't look fast. And you're thinking maybe this is the race that turns it all around. And then he gets out there in the main event and it's like halfway through all of a sudden he just locks in. And there's just something about this guy mentally. And he just wears you out. And, and he did, he, he ends up passing Ken Roxton, you know, pulling away a little bit, gets the win. And I just don't know if anyone's going to be able to overcome that part of the game with him. I mean, if he's the fastest guy, he'll win. If he's not the fastest guy, he'll win. If he gets knocked down, he'll win. And it's just when a rider is really tapped into something special, it's hard for them to lose it. Um, but you never know. I mean, one race, maybe Cooper Webb has one bad one. Kenny has a good one. It turns around. But at this point, without an outside variable or an outside issue, I just don't think anyone's going to be able to beat him straight up, especially for five in a row. He's just, he's just too tough. Daniel Blair, NBC Sports. For the last couple of decades, the Freak Nation has covered Supercross fairly closely, and we've had some rivalries, some big rivalries through the years, but we don't seem to be having that now. Are the riders closer? Is there any hatred on the track anymore? Yeah, there's there's something there. I mean, you got to think about the last few years. You know, Ken Roxon has uh, multiple times over the last few years been beat by Cooper Webb on the last lap. I mean, I, I think back to Cooper Webb's very first win. It was a triple crown at Anaheim. He gets Roxon on the last lap. I think about the drag race at Arlington, the, the, the closest race in Supercross history. Two years ago, Cooper Webb makes the pass in the last corner. This year at Houston, uh, Ken Roxon's winning. Dean Wilson's a lap rider, gets in the way. Webb on the last lap gets him and beats him. So I think there's some serious frustration there. And, you know, at Daytona, Cooper Webb kind of puts him up high in a berm. Roxon afterwards on the podium kind of says some things and says, hey, oh, you like to play that game? I do too. And I think there's a little bit of tension there, but for the most part, they've been pretty clean. And uh, I, I don't, I don't really see the rivalry escalating past maybe what it is because both these guys have a lot of respect. Even after the main event last night, they fist bumped a little bit. I think they both respect each other, um, even though you know it is very competitive at the top. But I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really heated at the moment. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of respect. These guys are all at the top of their game, but I think Ken Roxon's got to be pretty frustrated with the outcome of most of these races and. You know, we actually had Jeremy McGrath on race day live on Tuesday night. He comes into the studio and we're just talking with Jeremy about what he thinks. And Hey, when the King speaks, you listen, right. And, and McGrath said, if he's Ken Roxon, he's going to have to do something physical, make a statement, 
you know, come in and check him, maybe put a shoulder in him, do something just to let Cooper Webb know, like, you can't keep getting over on me like this. And, you know, I thought last night was an opportunity to do just that. Webb gets him and, you know, you got five, six laps left. I think Roxon should have done something just to try to shake him up just a little bit. But for the most part, you know, Webb has kind of owned these, uh, owned this rivalry. And yeah, to your point, I, I don't, it, there's a little bit of tension there, but it's not too bad. I think it's mostly on track stuff that Roxon's frustrated by and not dirty riding, just getting the bad end of these deals. These one-on-ones haven't gone his way. So, um, there's something brewing there, but mm. I, at the same time, Ken Roxon's had some opportunities to do something about it. He just hasn't done it. So you talked about what the King would do, but what about Daniel Blair? Let's get into your head. What would you do if you were trying to figure out how to get the edge over Cooper Webb or Ken Roxon? Well, it's, it's easy to now say what I would do. I can take you back in time when I was racing and tell you I wouldn't have done anything, which is why I do TV <laughs> and I don't race anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> to be, to be fair, I, I wasn't the most aggressive racer. Um, so I usually was on the bad end of those deals. So if I was Ken Roxon and it was me and it, at, say at my best, I would try to just whole shot and beat him straight up and hope that that kind of plays, uh, you know, plays into his head a little bit. You know, I've just, I was never that style of a rider. Neither is Ken Roxon. He's proven over the last few years that, I mean, he'll race you hard and, and he'll fight his best, but he doesn't get physical. So, uh, again, when, when the King speaks, <laughs> I, I mean, I really listen. And Jeremy McGrath said straight up on race day live, Roxon needs to punt him. And I just, uh, man, when, when he said that, I was, it, it got me fired up thinking maybe we had something there, but you know, Kenny had that opportunity last night and, and didn't take it. I don't think that's the way he likes to do things. So um, if you're Ken Roxon, you're going to have to count on your speed and your ability to get out of the starting gate and hope that it's enough. But the problem is, is Cooper Webb has now found this new speed over the last month or so. And it's, I don't see a runaway happening. Cooper Webb will find a way to keep it close and you get in the last five minutes. And I mean, that's where he likes to do his work. So for Ken Roxon, get the whole shot, try to check out and hope that does it for you. But as we saw on Saturday night, that's not really working either. Daniel Blair, NBC Sports. Hear him all over the coverage for Supercross, Supercross Live, here in the Freak Nation, Lucas Oil Studios. I like to get the, the perspective of riders, and now with yourself, a former rider and a commentator, McGrath, Carmichael, Filippoto. I'm not going to throw Dungey in there, but let's throw, I want to throw, throw James Stewart. In yeah. there, all things being equal, Daniel Blair, leave the championships out of out of it. All things being equal, they're all on the same bike. They're all the same age. Who's the best Supercross rider ever? Well, I work with Ricky every single weekend, so I'm going to say Ricky Carmichael. That a boy. That's a question. <laughs> it's not even debatable. In fact, I don't even know who those other three riders are. They're, it's just <laughs> a goat. That's it. Just in case he's listening. No, Me. I mean in Supercross. He, I mean, Jeremy was a king. He won seven championships. Um, Ricky, of course, comes in and beats him, so he you know, takes it from him. Villapoto, in my opinion, I, I think Villapoto is a little underrated. Um, he got four championships in a row, and people seem to forget how good and dominant he was. He, he reminded me a lot of Ricky in a lot of ways, but kind of had something a little bit different. I mean, and then you got James Stewart. So let's just go one. Are you asking me for a championship or one race? One race. Uh Let's, let's go Bubba Stewart. I mean, he had some top-end speed that was just unbelievable. So if it's just one night, one race to get it done, I go Stewart. But if you're talking championship, I, I really don't think you can mess with Ricky Carmichael. I think he won every single outdoor title he was ever in, you know, five-time Supercross champ. So uh, 
for a title, I go Ricky. For an individual race, uh, I'll go James Stewart. But, God, that's a really tough question. You're talking about four of the <laughs> baddest dudes ever. So it's that's a tough one. We got Jeremy McGrath on the line. You want to talk to him? Stop it. Oh, yeah, yeah, he'll punt me probably after that statement. <laughs> so I, I don't want nothing to do with the king uh, after that one. My that's bad. That's greatness. Hey, man, we appreciate your coverage, buddy. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And uh, I appreciate it. It's been a fun season and it's not over. We got five more to go. And as much as Cooper Webb's trying to make this thing uh, a runaway, I, I, I still think we got some outside issues and outside variables coming mm. in. So uh, I think we got more to see in 2021. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Thanks for pointing that out. That is going to make the last half of the season or less than half, actually, a lot to look forward to. Daniel Blair here in the Freak Nation. Thanks, DB. No problem. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you.